today at the State House. It's going to be uh, pretty wild to watch uh, everything move at a rapid pace in the final days of the legislative session. Here on the WMAY Morning News Feed, we'll bring you all of it and some context so you better understand how it impacts you and all the politics that are involved. 8-12 now on the WMAY Morning News Feed. I'm Greg Bishop, joined now by University of Illinois Springfield politics professor Kent Redfield. Kent, thanks for taking time with us this morning. And I wanted to bring you on because, of course, we had some pretty big developments in the past 24 hours of House Speaker Michael Madigan not withdrawing his nomination, but suspending his campaign for Speaker of the House. Uh, did you see this coming, Kent? Uh, no, I, I, I thought it was... Uh... Uh, you know, and an and interesting move on, on the part of the speaker. Uh, I, you know, the, the speculation was he would, you know, we would go to roll calls and, and, and uh, uh, you know, that he might end up uh, with a long haul of, uh, you know, him getting, in, uh, you know, 50 votes but not moving anything. Uh, now we've gone to kind of, uh, you know, plan B. And uh, we'll see whether this is kind of a ploy to, uh, uh let let the opposition tire itself out, or whether uh, you know it's more of a face saving uh, uh, move. Uh, and he realizes he's probably not going to be speaker, but uh, it's it's too early to tell which of those uh, uh, you know where, where the truth lies. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> a reference to Dumb and Dumber uh, for some of those out there who enjoy comedy movies. Um, we're talking with Kent Redfield, Professor Emeritus at the University of Illinois Springfield. Kent, if you could, just make sure you're uh, speaking clearly into the mic. It does sound just a little bit muffled, but... Uh, okay, it, it sorry about through. that. That's much better. Good deal. Okay. Um, all right, so, That's you it. know, this is, of course, pretty historic um, with uh, House Speaker Michael Madigan having been Speaker uh, for all but two years since 1983. He has that nexus of power of being the uh, party chairperson. Uh, um, so ultimately, uh, give, I guess, your assessment of uh, you know, the past 30-plus uh, years, almost 40 years now, of the Speaker having that uh, that position of power at the State House. What has it produced? Well, uh, it's produced a lot of stability and a lot of Democratic control. Uh, and, you know, the Speaker uh, is very, very good at acquiring power and exercising power. Uh, and... Uh, you know, he has built a power base outside of his, uh, you know, ward in the city of Chicago. Uh, uh, it's been a pretty remarkable, uh, in, in terms of, you know, looking at it as as a matter of, uh, uh, you know, building and exercising uh, uh, control within, you know, within the state of Illinois. Uh, I think the the policy side of that uh, is much more mixed. Uh, you know the, the the speaker has has always been very uh, you know cautious about uh, expending too much political capital, too much uh, too much risk, and and uh, I think that's uh, that certainly uh, you know you you could certainly fault him for not having kind of a, a lack of uh, for having a lack of uh, vision and for not uh, uh, you know not not. Uh, being willing to to risk in terms of doing some things that might have made the state's finances better, might have, have moved us along uh, in terms of dealing with our problems. So uh, I think you have to split those two judgments uh, uh, in terms of uh, you know uh, what what he's what he's done politically to to build power and maintain control, and then 
You know, obviously the state is in really, really bad shape financially. We have had, you know, a huge ethics problem in Illinois government uh, that certainly predates uh, uh, the speaker coming to power. But, uh, you know, those are things that, uh, you know, have not gotten better. And uh, I think that's, uh, you know, a lot of people are hoping that uh, a change in leadership uh, is is going to produce some some movement in those areas. Well, and even if there is a change of uh, who is speaker, Madigan won his district race. He was unopposed, but he won another two-year term. If Madigan is not the speaker uh, come Wednesday at one thirty in the afternoon, uh, what do you think his, his position will be there? Will he kind of be, you know, the... The godfather type figure sitting back, uh, not in a necessarily speaker position, but still kind of guiding things? Or what do you foresee happening there? And does that ultimately depend on whoever his replacement may be? Well, I, I think it depends on who his replacement is, if, 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 if in fact he is not speaker. And, and Kent, I just mean, uh, again, re, just to remind you, speak clearly into that microphone. I'm sorry. Here, much I'm better. Trouble with my my phone. Um, I think you know it depends on who is speaker. I mean, these are you know these are ambitious people that uh, you know want want to be able to uh, uh, to uh, seize power and to chart their own course. And so, uh, you know, if uh, if the new speaker uh, gets the support of uh, Let's say that you know the people that uh, fund democratic politics in Illinois, the trade unions, trial lawyers, uh, some of the you know health facilities money, uh, you know, then that's a very different situation than if money is still flowing through, uh, you know, through the speaker. But you know, whoever becomes, uh, I mean, money is still flowing through Madigan. Whoever becomes the speaker takes control of the party organization within the legislature, so they control the the party committee, the uh, the the House, uh, you know, whatever the the name happens to be. You know, they'll head up a, a party committee that has tremendous flexibility in terms of fundraising. Uh, and so, you know, the levers are, of power are there for someone else to uh, to take over. Uh, you know, the speaker might be in more of a senior advisor kind of role. Uh, you know, he, he is obviously the master of, of redistricting. But uh, I think uh, whoever, uh, you know, whoever becomes speaker, it's going to be on a pledge that they're going to be independent that they're going to chart a new course. And so I don't expect him to be, uh, you know, whether he finishes out his term or not, I don't expect him to be, uh, you know, the, 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 the controller behind the curtain. I don't, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Kent Redfield, Professor Emeritus, here on the WMAY Morning News Feed. I'm Greg Bishop, and Kent, uh, of course, with uh, Speaker Madigan having been at the helm for as many years as he has, uh, he has amassed that uh, that incredible amount of power. Uh, and uh, moving forward, uh, if if you know, come Wednesday, uh, we don't see uh, you know the likes of say uh, Emmanuel Welch, uh, Chris Welch, or the likes of uh, uh, Ann Williams uh, getting the sixty needed. Uh, the 60 votes needed uh how likely do you think that the speaker's going to come in and 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 how long do you think that that's going to take to actually uh uh transpire wednesday are we going to see them going into thursday or friday or saturday or just weeks upon weeks of balloting i, I it it's historically we have done that we have had 
uh, in in the early you know mid seventies. In seventy five, it took ninety three ballots to get a House Speaker. In seventy seven, it took one hundred and eighty eight ballots to get a Senate uh, President. Um, the situation now, where you've got seventy three Democrats and you only need sixty, not only, but you need sixty to get to get a vote, then uh, four or five people holding out won't. Uh, you know, won't keep somebody from getting to 60. And so, you know, you've got flexibility in terms of building that coalition of 60 votes that you wouldn't have if you only had, uh, you know, 65 or uh, members or, or some number like that. So uh, I, you know, I think these things will come together, but you have got, you know, in, as You've got a black caucus, a Hispanic caucus, a women's caucus, a progressive caucus, a downstate moderate caucus. You know, you've got a lot of people who feel like they ought to have some influence in this and and would like to see their interests protected. And so, you know, whoever becomes speaker is going to have made, you know, I think a lot of promises. And, and some of them will be to specific groups and some of them will be to opening up uh, the process. And, and, uh, so it, it certainly, you know, you certainly have more flexibility than if you had, uh, just a few, few number of members over 60. Uh, but it still is going to take, uh, you know, people coming, you know, somebody being able to unify all of those different caucuses. Uh, uh, you know, there certainly is, uh, with the the, the Democrat uh, Democratic Caucus uh, being majority female, uh, there's certainly a lot of sentiment that there ought to be, uh, you know, that, that maybe we should have a, a woman as speaker. Uh, and so there are just a lot of, you know, there are a lot of demands and a lot of interests. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if it, it takes, a, you know, if it takes a couple of days to do this, but, uh you know, there there certainly is a lot more flexibility than if you just if one or you know, if a small number of people could keep it from happening. Kent Redfield joining us here on the WMAY Morning News Feed and Professor, uh, you mentioned a lot of different caucuses there, but you didn't mention one, uh, the Republican Caucus. What role, if any, uh, do they play in this? And um, uh, what do you think? Uh, are they going to are they going to get any advantage politically, uh, even amongst the voters, come two years from now? Um, uh, uh, because of the the the, the somewhat uh, discord in Democratic leadership right now. Well, I I think you know there could be fallout if there if if there's a you know if there are bad feelings and 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 a lot of acrimony in terms of getting to electing a new speaker, then you get carryover from that. Uh, there were oh a group of about fifteen Democrats uh, who never abandoned. Uh, uh, the early front runner uh, back in 1975, when Bill Redmond was a compromised candidate, you know, eventually between the governor Walker and and Daley, and and those people, uh, you know, ended up, uh, uh, you know, not getting uh, committee chairmanships, and you know, there were there, you know, you can have a carryover that has a lot of bad feeling within the caucus. Um, the Republicans will uh, benefit from anything that opens up the process. If it becomes easier to get bills heard, if it gets, uh, you know, becomes easier to amend legislation, then, you know, that, that, that's a plus for the minority. Uh, 
because of the, the, the because the Democrats have seventy three and they need sixty to get a speaker, that doesn't give the Republicans the kind of leverage of you know putting some votes on again to put the the uh, the Democrat over the Democratic speaker over the top in seventy five. Uh, you had, I think, uh, seven or eight Dem- Republicans actually vote to get uh, uh, the compromise candidate Bill Redmond to get him over over the top. Uh, I don't see that happening this time because, again, the Democrats have such an over overwhelming majority. But they certainly won't benefit from any kind of changes that makes the power less centralized. It opens up the process. Whether or not how this plays out in 2022 depends on, you know, if you've got a new speaker, uh, if you get you know, legislation moving to deal with, with problems, uh, if you fix the budget, uh, if you've got good ethics laws, uh, you know, that's going to be one scenario. And if uh, we get a new speaker, but... Uh, we still have the ethics problem. The budget is a disaster. Uh, you know, then you're going to find, uh, you know, a, a lot of people, uh, you know, saying, well, you know, you change, you know, we change faces, but we got the same old politics and the same old outcome. So it's going to be on whoever is the new speaker to actually make good on some changes or, you know, the Republicans are, are going to be in a position to say that, you know, it's not just about changing who's speaker. We really need to change which party's in the control. So, uh, you know, the, you can see that going in either way as, as, as we go over the next two years, which are going to be very difficult years. We, you know, we'll throw redistricting on top of, you know, fixing uh, the budget crisis and, and restoring uh, uh, ethics to Illinois politics. Uh, the, uh, you know, there's a lot of things out there that uh, uh, for you know, whoever is the, is the new speaker, assuming it's if we have a new speaker, uh, you know, they've got an awful lot of things uh, uh, that uh, where, you, you know, things could go very could go very wrong. Fascinating times. Uh, no question about it. Kent Redfield, uh, Professor Emeritus at the University of Illinois. Uh, greatly appreciate you taking time with us and taking us to school today. Um, we hope to do it again soon in the future uh, to unpack uh, what happened with Lame Duck and as we advance into the uh, the new General Assembly. So um, stay in touch, all right? Hey, oh, yes. Uh, good to talk to you. And as you say, interesting times.